Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Can the Eagles get up from the canvas as the records are being broken? And with every round with the Eagles, unfortunately, it's not a good way for the club. The Eagles uh, one win and ten losses. In the past seven matches, the average of 79.7 points is a dire run, leaving them in last spot on the ladder and the worst in the club's history, and it only gets worse. But we'll chat about that and the mid-season draft that's happening at the moment as we speak. Um, more on the show, but before we do that, I have to welcome co-hosts Dan and Wayne. How are you going, boys? Very good, thanks. Uh, very good to be here, because as uh, you just touched on, we we're actually doing this concurrent with the draft, and we're doing it live, and uh, we just got Jai Cully, so it'll be probably old news by the time you see this, but we're yeah. all pretty excited right now. Yes, um... We we got Jai. Well, let's just talk about the preseason. What we got because we don't know who we're going to get with our second pick. But just for those who have been living under a rock, uh, Jai Cully. He's a 193 centimeter midfielder from the Dandenong Stingrays. Um, he started last year as a forward, so he, he got overlooked in the draft. But um, this year he's improved with his skills, his um, pace. He's got a personal trainer on. He's doing everything just to get picked. So um, he's on board. So 193, big and body. And bulked up too. And um, he's probably going to become a cult hero just because of his dreads. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And I just love the work he's put in on during the off-season to get where he is because this player was touted if he wasn't – there was no mid-season draft, he would then be go first round. So not the f- number one pick, but he'll definitely be picked first round. Every night he goes out the backyard and – Gets his mum to dribble the ball on the ground to work on his ground ball gets. 100, and he, 100, 100 times a night. Every night. And as you touched on, personal trainer. So he's got the right attitude and he'll come, not straight in the side, but who knows, we might see this kid play waffle on the weekend. Mm. We don't know if he'll be jumping straight in the plane. We have a buy next week, so you'll assume at least by next week we'll be seeing him play waffle. So very exciting times. And as far as I'm concerned, boys, the rebuild starts now. That's number one pick in the mid-season draft. We got that from where we are. So it's the glass half full, I guess, aspect of it is we already starting to get the young kids in the door, door after a horrible year. Yeah, look, um, it's good that he's on board. The rumours were around that the Eagles were going to go him earlier the week before. It was all about Max Ramsden. I got late mail saying he's going to go to Hawthorne and I looked up on the screen and Hawthorne picked him. Yep. So um, Eagles are looking for a ruck, so... Brett Brentigle, well, he was one I was just about going to say. He's just been picked up by Port Adelaide. So I don't know where the Eagles going to go. Um, I had a bit of a whisper if the three players or four players they had um, penciled down aren't there, they will pass on their second pick. So we'll keep you posted as we're, we're watching the uh, draft as it happens anyway, guys. So let's, let's talk about some of the, uh, the stats here, Dan, and... I know you love your stats, as I do, but seven games, average losing margin, 79 points. That's 919 points against, and we've only scored 361 at a percentage of 39.2. That is the lowest since the war. That is lower than Carlton and Fitzroy. And if the trend continues, we're looking at being one of the worst team performed teams for one year since the war. So I know we've got excuses, um, but let me put a few more other things into context. From 1990 to 2020, the Eagles lost by 92 points only eight times. They've done that 
four times in the last 20 rounds. Yeah, it really does show you how low we are and um, we all realise that and we realise there's excuses, but there's also no excuse for how bad they're playing. Um, but, you know, I love my stats, but I'm also very critical of stats. I like to throw a couple out there. That stat there, it's done over a whole season. So yeah. you're picking out a certain amount of our games when we're at our lowest. It's not over the whole season, which is being compared to. But so if, to really if, prove if, that that's our the worst season ever, if you actually trend, have to look at the end of the year. No, if the trend continues, yeah. we definitely will be, and it's definitely the worst worst um, we've ever done. Um, yeah. But whenever we've been this bad, there hasn't been reasons other than we are just this bad. Um, and effectively, the rebuild's only starting this year. Like, we wanted one more throw at the stumps. Even I went on the record to say, I want one more throw at the stumps. Uh, it, and we said by the halfway point, um, we'll decide if we're rebuilding or not. And then we got to take that path. Well, that was taken out of our hands pretty much mm. in the first, you know, three rounds. We realised, oh, we're in trouble here, boys. So stats like that don't worry me too much because I'm very aware of where we are as a club. It's how we get out of this mess, then the mess we're in now. Um, I'm very interested to see the drafts, who we pick, mid-season draft now, the draft at the end of the year, how much games we're getting to the young players. So I'm not worried so much. And I know this sounds like a bit of a cop-out, even with the coach, and it might not go this way. But to me, I'm more interested in how you get out of the hole than actually being in that hole. So to me, I want to see how we improve next year or even towards the latter of this year. You want to see improvement. You want to see some upside. I always say glass half full. You want to see what's making that glass half full. Um, So I'll try not to dwell on that. But let's be honest, it is the worst I think I've ever seen our club play. Well, before I give Wayne a bit of a go on here, we're last in the AFL with a percentage of 49.7%. Last in the Waffle with 39.1. Last in the AFLW, 42.9. Collectively, it's two wins from 25 games, uh, 25 rounds. So my question to you, and well, you basically both did it, but Wayne, the excuses stop now. Certainly. Well, you guys know how I've felt. Yeah. I, I, I thought the rebuild should have started last year, not this year. I think we're a year too late. Uh, two, I, to me... There is no excuses. I know we've had COVID yeah, and, you, and we know we've lost certain players. You, you said a year too late. But if you're in that position and you, you don't predict the injuries we've had, so we had 19 last week, we don't predict the injuries, you've got to have that one last throw at the stumps with those guys. Unfortunately, it's backfired big time. Yeah. Oh, but for me, I, I just could not see where we were going to improve from where we were at the end of last year. To this year, it, to me, there was going to be no improvement. We're always going to be maybe bottom part of the eight, or we were going to be out of the eight. So for me, there was there was not going to be. Hearn was going to be that year older. Uh, Kennedy was going to be a year older. Darling was going to be that year older. Um, Nick was going to be that year older. You just don't. You, you need to start recycling a few things, but also the excuse wise, I under look, and I'm fully aware and. You, We've all, all three of us in here have had COVID, so we know what the effects are on your body and that. Understand that, but I, I think there's been too many excuses made about a lot of things. Because for me, the players train together every day. They all train the same drills. They all do the same. They do all, everything, all the same game plan, everything. To me, it's not being executed. And I'll say this, and I've said this for two years now: we just lack total accountability of a player. 
we cannot defend a player. And that is, to me, so evident how anyone can't see that is just beyond me because we just got no accountability whatsoever. Well, Simo said, we know where we're at. We're not making excuses. We know what we have to do. It's just not going to be quick. We have to be pragmatic, not accept it, and understand that we need to get better. Mm. Now, he's rolling that every week. There comes a time where I think Simo might have to say, turn around and say, these boys need to say it publicly. I know what he says to the media and what he says behind closed doors, totally different things. Yeah, sure. But maybe he needs to say it to the media and say, these guys need a fucking rocket up them. Yeah. Yeah, I find to be the middleman in that, um, do we have excuses for playing this bad? Yes, we do. But to get what uh, back to what you said, Wayne, and hindsight, you are correct. We weren't going to win the premiership. It's shown that our senior players aren't there. Their bodies aren't holding up. So... In a way, and in a sick way, this is a blessing. Mm. It took the choice out of our hands. Yes. We dropped to our lowest point, and that's where you rise. That's where you rebuild. Because to say, and in hindsight, you are correct, Wayne. It's it, You are right. We should have rebuilt it, but we couldn't see that. So what your point is still correct. But having COVID, having these injuries, has now taken that choice out of our hands and forced us to rebuild, mm. and maybe earlier than they would have. So... In a way, it's a blessing that this has happened yeah. and it's the bottom's fallen out, basically, because now it's like, right, we've got no choice but to play kids. We've got no choice but to bottom out to get these great picks and that's where we are at now. Yeah, look, there's no... I don't know, if we knew the, the way out of it, we'd be coaches or we'd be... <laughs> we'd be, be yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast. We'd be part of the uh, establishment or whatever. Um, but, like, people on... Social media started to piss me up the wall, and it's not just our club; it's all the clubs that aren't performing. But you know, if you're going to sit there and say sack the coach, write reasons, and don't just say oh because he's not getting this. Have something there to back you up because it's it's baseless. Because end of the day, he's got a contract till the end of next year, and he's even said he goes, you know, if he gets a tap on the back, he'll accept it. But at the moment, he's getting backed in, hmm. and that's what we got to do. And and as supporters, you got to back. The, the players are the ones that know they're not playing. So, playing that good, right? Yeah. So, they're the only ones that can change it. They're the only ones that can lift, right? And if they can't see that, then they shouldn't be on a fucking AFL list. And that's that simple, I think. So, yeah, just one thing with the coach I liked on 360, he was very strong. And he answered the questions like, does he want to be there? You could but tell he stupid, wants to be. But it's a stupid question no, to ask. No, but the support um, from the supporters' yeah. perspective, yeah. they think, does he want to be there? They question it. But to me, and it doesn't work this way because it's called coach killers for a reason. When you have hundred point losses, and we've had too many now. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, you want to. If you're going to rebuild, you've got to judge him on the rebuild. It, it's only just started. So next year is when you make the call. In my opinion, mm. is Simo. The coach to rebuild, are they responding, is he rebuilding right? If he's not rebuilding right, you fire him and bring in a coach that can rebuild right. But to me, you don't fire him once we go down. You fire him and is he getting that team back up? And I know it doesn't work that way all the time. But to me, the question should be asked of Simo next year. Mm. What's he doing? We're down the bottom. Is he getting us up off the bottom? Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Is he because engaged he, to the younger players? That's exactly right. So these questions need to be asked, and that's it. We're getting a lot of younger players mm. in, Wayne. Yeah. Is he getting the best out of these young players? Is he developing these young players? Because let's be honest, we know he can win premierships. We know he can get you to finals. Yeah. So that question's been asked. It's like, now can he rebuild? Yeah, and he's been, he's been very engaged with, like, 
the Kennedy era and Hearns yeah. and all these guys, uh, Sheeds and and you know all the, these older players. There's no question he got the best out of them. And people can keep saying they say, "Oh, we only got there 2015 because of Sam Mitchell." Oh, so that's bullshit. He wasn't the head coach. Sam Mitchell, yeah, he was the midfield coach and he did some good things. But at the end of the day, the head coach he gets the bouquets. And, and I just picked it, boy. Sorry, I had to jump in there. But I said to Dan before we went on there that we probably picked this kid called. He didn't. Docker's. Oh, Docker's picked him. And I. And I think I told you we won't because Dockers have picked him. The rumours come out today. Got I the Dockers are just doing. No, no <laughs> that was St Kilda. So yeah, I'm keeping that in because that's a blooper. Yeah, that, that's good because I was going to say no. I said Freire would go. Boz's arms went up. Yeah, like, really broke your ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> I usually edit that out, but I'm not going to leave it in there. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm spewing the Freire got yeah. him because he's an East Perth boy. So, yeah. um, and there was a bit of a rumour there. So, but he's a forward, so I guess probably Eagles. Probably need another forward. Um, so the Eagles pass on their second pick, guys. So it was only Jai Cully that we ended up with. So that means uh, the people that wanted uh, Florenko, they might be a bit peeved off, but end of the day, um, he'll probably get picked up later in the national draft uh, towards the end. Who knows? Mm. They might be able to pick him up as a delisted free agent because he's played one game. Does I don't know what the rules are. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know how it works. I'll have to find that out because that might uh, be a loophole. Yeah, could be. And, because you, you know, it could be. I, I, I doubt with the supplement list though that it works mm. that way. But I imagine if it did. Yeah, but a rookie list, you pay rookies less, so who yeah. knows? All right. Well, we got the guy that we thought we'd get. Let's get on to the final siren. It's the final siren. Well, the Bulldogs moved into the top eight for the first time with a 101-point thumping of the Eagles. Um, they were bad kicking all year, and when they come to the Eagles, they kick straight. And they kicked 16 – they had 16 individual goal kickers, which is now a record. Do you know who they took the record off? Eagles. Do you know when they did the Eagles? What, when we had our – When we, when the record was. Uh, was it Gold Coast or GWS? Nope. I'm going down to my little run sheet now, and it was way back in, where is it, uh, 2000, round four. Um, no, no, it wasn't. It was in round 19, 1995 uh, against the Adelaide Crows, which they had 14 goal scorers. And funny enough, that's who we're playing this week. So that's how long the record's uh, been up there for. Um, so, look... We're not going to go too much into the negatives because who wants to hear about negatives? We've already gone on about the stats, how bad we're playing. Let's talk about Tim Kelly because he was by far the best player on the ground for the Eagles. 544 metres gained, 11 clearances, 38 disposals, 9 inside 50s, 1 goal, 6 marks, um, 5 tackles. It was probably his best game for the Eagles. Oh, I thought he was outstanding. I mean... For on a losing team to lose by that and to get that amount of ball, and the he goal really pushed half. Yeah, it was a great goal. Yeah, that was a great goal, and that really got us going in the first half. There, I think Jack Darling had his best game of the season, without a doubt. Again, still, I still rate him as the best one-on-one mark to player that we have, especially when he's up the ground. And I was really wrapped with young um, um, Hoff. I think he was he was really showing a lot of look he makes mistakes but god he's only in his third or fourth game yeah, he's in his played first five year games, so. and yeah he's but gee, he he's looking at the really 
He's looking that oh, he's going to be a diamond in the rough from our draft. Twenty three possessions he had. Excellent. He played a really top game. Really yep. under pre- for a kid to come into that game, a game like that, you're under enormous pressure. Get you know, I mean the ball's coming down there every every what minute and a half. It's coming down into your your line of the ground. He did a great job. He did a better job than most of the senior players, I thought. Yeah, that, yeah well there wasn't too many shining lights, I no. tell you that. Well that's what I found. I found uh Kelly and Darling were the only two great players. Mm, yes. Then you had uh, several good players, and then yeah, it felt like a lot of passengers. And I'm not saying it in a negative way; it's just that's exactly what it is. And that, you know me, I'm the stats man, and the stats showed that it really did. Well, when you lose um, 101 points, it's going to be heaps of passengers. Yeah, but if anything, that highlights. I think you even said it to do what they did in a lost Darling, mm. kicking four goals. And then Kelly having arguably be one of his best games, but I find we say that a little bit with Kelly. Um, and thirty-eight disposals, he was just every positive play we had on the weekend. Mm. He was somehow involved every single one. And you look at the heat map, possession map on the um, AFL website. Go on it, and it shows you where they get disposals. He got them all over the ground. He was yeah. running back. He was defending. He was, he was going he was forward. He was there. And we've talked about this before on. Uh, I put this down to why we're almost playing bad. Not just disposals, because that's the main one. We turn it over a lot in chains of play, which we get penalised and scored against. But there's always that seems to be that gap. You can't just have one midfielder dominating like that and then the others not yep. produce under him. And that's exactly what happened on the weekend, where Shuey was serviceable, but he wasn't good. Uh, Gaff was good, he was but he wasn't horse. in the great. And 28 disposals and goal, you'll take that any day of the week. But it wasn't like the best 28 no. disposal and the best goal. But you still want that. You know, that yeah. that's, that's for Gaff, that's the minimum you want from him. And it was his first goal for the year, so that was good. Hoff was great. Wiverden was good down the back. 100%, which is, I don't think I've seen an Eagle player mm. that's had more than two disposals for the game going 100% before. But again, it was only a good game because he didn't destroy and damage us from that. So I, I, I go a bit more on because, as you know, I'm not a massive Witherden fan, but I think the the play on rule out of fullback. Geez, I wish I had it. I played fullback nearly all my life. I wish I had it back those days. I would have got heaps of stats. But the play on rule has made a big difference. And for me, he goes sideways so much, and he goes 15 meters sideways. He's not the only one, but I, I understand that. But he his stats look better than I think he is. And I, and, I, and you guys know how I feel. I haven't seen him defend a player, and I mean I could rattle off Brad Shepherd's opponents. But none, 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 none of I them just are, don't see it, the guys. They're, they're defending zones still, and that's what pisses you up the wall, especially when you're at the ground and you can see the big holes there. You know what I mean? Um, you just said Gaff, twenty-eight possessions. Look, he was a workhorse, mm. but he, he, the pace, he, he's the, the game's gone past gone him. Past him, and he was serviceable or whatever you want to call it. But the player who was on had the most possessions on the ground, and that was Trelaw. Trelaw ran off him all game, mm. and every time they went to the bounce, he'd just run off him. And Gaff's not alone. There was too many guys that sometimes they had the ball, and I'm just looking at Eagles players. There was three or four of them in the in the middle of the ground, and I'm going, where are your players? Pick up a frigging player, and Bulldogs are just running down the wing. Ping, ping, goal, goal, goal. There's and my- as we said... Uh, they're probably the worst accuracy at goals all year, and then we play them, and they're just slotting them from everywhere. There's my famous word for tw- two years, accountability. Yeah. It's funny you said that because um, the 360 interview with Simo, and he pretty much said what we all um, are thinking, where the players aren't fit, their bodies aren't great, 
and you put Gaff in that, you put Shuey's another one, um, and even Duggan has dropped off. So these players are sore, and we've all assumed that. We've all guessed at that. But it was the first time he actually admitted, because of the selection dem- dilemma we've had, they are forced to play a lot of these players underdone. And apparently Darling's foot injury was a lot worse at the beginning of the year. Mm. So it wasn't just he missed the preseason, which was his own fault, but that foot injury apparently was a, a, was serious. It wasn't just because of the vaccination. So that was why he wasn't running and covering the ground as much and jumping for those high contested marks. And we're starting to get players back in the waffle now. So hopefully that swings, where if you're not right, you're not getting a game. Because that's the problem. You can still attack being a bit sore. But can you defend? And in today's game, you need to defend, which is yeah. getting back to it. You're saying runner. run back and accountability. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're lacking. Darling, um, and I'm going to have a pot shot at two journalists here. One's called Samantha Rogers and the other one's Mitchell Woodcock, I think, from the West Australian. I was at the ground and not one person booed Jack Darling, mm. especially on the where I was from. So where you're getting the booing and the jeering from, I don't know if it's – uh, poetic justice and how you write your stories to get a, a clickbait shit, but that just didn't happen. But, uh, only but he, when he, he, he was he was on song from the start, I thought, and he took some great grabs, contested grabs, and that was one of the best games I've seen Jack play for a long time, even last year. So um, the only thing I'll say on the booing is that because I wrote a message on the on the game day yep. at TNG, is that I I, I wrote a note. Um, good to see Jack playing well. And whoever's boo, if they're booing, if any of our supporters are booing him, they should fuck off now out of the ground because that's what it sounded like. Every time he got a mark and a kick, he was set goal. He was getting booed. Really? Because at the ground, you could, you could, you could hear like it on that. the TV. It was plain as day. Oh, jeez. Jess, Jess Rosemary, was, Jess Rosemary was saying the same thing. Oh. She agreed, and a couple others agreed. You say, yeah, if they're going to do that, look, we're all. Everyone gets everyone. He's a malign player, and everyone gets frustrated with him. But he's a, he's an Eagles player, and you don't boo your own players. Nah, and that's look, it. Look, it mightn't have been them. Look, we don't know. It didn't. didn't well, I happen can't enough. say it being Bulldogs players. It, it was in the quarter. It was in the first quarter I mean, that sports. was happening. It was in the first. Uh, I didn't hear it much after the first quarter because he was really starting to play. He, he, play. I just thought he played the perfect forwards game. Yep. And yeah. then you look to the one of the best forwards we've ever had, if not the best forward. He looked like he should have retired, mm. Kennedy. He was hobbling. Struggling. He was struggling. And I hate that 50-metre penalty rule. Yeah, That knows. is a pathetic yeah. rule. Yeah. But the players know, get out of the way. Yeah. And as he's running down, I'm going, this guy's going to catch him and give him another 50, and it happened. Mm. And I'm sitting there, you just got to run out to the side. You just don't run. You know, run off to the side, let somebody else take up that mark. It's a stupid rule, and I'm not saying that it's because it's a, an Eagles, but... He he showed he was he was um, really struggling. He was he was struggling. Well, I, I heard Jake Nile on the weekend on my way up to basketball on Sunday. They had him and um, the West Australian guy Duffield on on the ABC, and they asked what rule would you want to get rid of. And Jake Nile straight away said the five meter rule, because players are getting fifty meter penalties when they're. They're in emotion. They're, they're not. They're not interfering, but they're running to go and get to another oh, player. Going past, yeah, going past, and that's getting, a stupid rule as well. And, and they're getting fifty meters for it. He said it shouldn't happen because they're not interfering. And they're the st- stand rule, take it away. Oh, it's the worst rule. That's, that's my, killed the Eagles. I reckon that's my biggest thing is the stand rule. I, I reckon that's killed it. us that, that that rule. But um, Harry Edwards, how did you find his game? 
Harriet was a funny one. There was a few highlights that were negative. Him spoiling, and I'm getting you, you want to clear the ball, spoiling Barras. Oh, for the but mark I, of I'll, the year? I'll tell you what, if, <laughs> if that was a Barras, that was a good effort by yeah. Edwards. He got up and he spoiled. But he took a couple of good inset marks. He yeah. put his body on the line and hit that post so hard. So, uh, real good. And yeah, I think um, he did a great job, Harry, when Gubb went off and uh, filling out centre half bat. Because he is, uh, I must say, he's a very good mark. He has good aerial skills and when he's when he's playing that key role with when either brass or gov aren't there he has he actually doesn't go too bad but it's probably his best game this year though because he's been um, another player's been very maligned during the year where's he going to play what position is he going to play he's sort of he's in between everywhere yeah look hey his future is there to take a hold of it both ends um I'm looking at all the KPIs, guys, and usually when you're playing a game, you, you win some KPIs. It was 1-1. One, one. Do you know which one it was? Did we win the tackles? Nope. Oh, usually when you don't get as much of the ball, you someone's win the tackles. Well, I know we had the highest possession getter, but that's no, not a Yeah, we had the highest one. possession getter. We were, we were even in disposal efficiency. Yeah, but... Was it Marks? Mark, Marks was the only key position, key stat that we won. And we won that convincingly. Um, but good. everything that else... The, that means we're playing the short game still. But we... we, we, we so take this for a thing. 106 marks to 93. But marks inside 50, Eagles 8, Bulldogs 20. Mm. 20 marks inside 50. No wonder why they scored 20-plus goals. Mm. When you're taking that many marks inside 50... That that is a damning. That to me is a worse stat for the night. They lowered their eyes. That's a lot, unbelievable. Though. Bulldogs lowered their eyes, especially in the second half. Yeah, they, they lowered, lowered their eyes their, they every their time. Eyes and again, we were just getting and smashed in the middle. Before McGovern went off, they were going under him anyway. Hmm. They were doing the old dirty ball thing. This is where the Eagles got to learn. They got to learn to win that ground ball. Yeah. And it, you know, the, everyone knows how good we are in the air, and teams have worked us out. And watch when Richmond killed us, Sydney, all on the ground. So we've got to start getting better at that. Um, let's talk about the waffle, Dan. You watched it. There were seven players, I think, in the waffle. Uh, the Royals won 18 goals, 10, 118 to six goals, 440. Well, I watched the first quarter because I had to go off to do sports with my with my son. But um, And I thought the first quarter we did pretty good. But when I look back, we only scored another four goals for the rest of the game. Yeah, the first quarter was definitely the best. Uh, my takes of it was it's great to see True, Sheed and Yo still getting their minutes up. Obviously, Sheed and Yo just come in. True's now building off, uh, I think, three games, and they're getting their bodies right to obviously hopefully uh, come back in the side. Uh, they were very limited minutes, especially Yo paid probably only a half. Sheed played the whole game but was on and off a lot, so he was very limited minutes. True's getting his minutes right up now, which is promising to see. Um, but the player, which... He's not on top of the stats or anything, but he got good stats. To me, was Bazo, mm. that young player, 20, and he's a backman. Yeah, I I was very happy with his game, and like we said with the Hoff, that's I like calling him the Hoff. Um, I think we found a diamond in the rough there. Bazo was kind of known to be a good mm. defender though, but he still went late. He was in the pick in the thirties, mm. you know, nine, like thirty eight. He had nine marks. He well. went. Yeah, he, went, he did so, and he ran too. He went so, higher than he was expected to, Bazo. Yeah. 
Did he? I thought he yeah. went a bit no, later because no, I've no. heard he was second round and we got him in the 30s. We, so we still got second round. Yeah, but. we got him second round. They, they were expecting him to be a late third round. And I, I was, well, when it happened, I was wrapped because yeah, I was talking him boy. up. Yeah. And um, I was sitting there going, you know, if he's half as good as his old man, man, we got a player in the for the future. And everyone I talk to about him, they just rave about this kid. Yeah, and see, that's the thing is uh, with Shep retiring this year, obviously he hasn't played, and then Hearn going to retire come season's end. Well, this young Brett Bazo, you know, in a couple of years could be something special, you know. Yeah. So you look at it, you know, with them 23, Foley 22, and then Bazo 18, suddenly you've got these three young, small running defenders that can maybe when things turn a bit the other way, we can be a lot more attacking like we used to be from defence. So... It was just a shining light, I think, Bazo was in the waffle. And it sounded like his name was called out so much. It sounded like he almost got more of the ball. That's how effective it was. I said, and he ran. Like, he he was a rebound defender almost. It was great. Um, I heard that Yo at halftime was taken off. After the game, he just did laps. Uh, I'm not surprised. Nash mm. too uh, didn't play the last quarter, but okay. I got the feeling he might have actually been rushed up the stadium as an emergency. Ta- he was taken to Optus. Yeah, um, so I think Nash. Nash. Okay. So I think he might have been a late emergency. Yeah. So like, get him off. Don't play the full game. Bring yeah. him up this as an emergency. So he didn't play the last quarter. Yeah. And as I said, she got okay stats. Um, you can tell these players aren't ready though. Just as a side note, but it was very limited. And I think they played him forward a little bit too, just to keep him on the field, but not running as okay. much. And Williams, I love this kid, kicked the one goal. I mean, it's not great, like, but oh. he got a goal, so that makes me happy too. This is what I'm – yeah, well, you, I don't have to – everyone that's listened to this podcast know what I think about Jack Williams. So um, that's why I want to see Jake Waterman chuck down back so they can bring Jake uh, Jack Williams in. I'd love to see him playing. I reckon he's, he's got – if Jayam misses getting all the media, I think this guy's gone under the radar. Mm. And I can't wait to see him playing AFL on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, unfortunately I couldn't see it. My son had a tournament. He won gold. So I was happy with it and we had to rush to uh, Optus. And the only problem is I had to park there. And I've never done that before and I had never walked that far in my life, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so after the game we got lost. Um, so it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good end of the night, 101 point uh, loss and Three or four kilometre walk, walk and I couldn't even find my car. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, uh, let's talk about the game that's coming up. It's bounced out. All right, the Eagles versus Crows at Adelaide Oval on Saturday, eleven forty-five pm. It's live on KO and Fox. Delayed on Channel Seven, I believe. Eleven forty-five am. AM. Did I say PM? Did yeah. I? Uh, I was up till midnight. Well, that, that'd be interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it's it? One o'clock morning for yeah. us. <laughs> God, this uh, podcast has got full of bleepers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping them in there this week. Um, look, the Crows are coming off a 42 point loss over the Cats. Their three wins, eight losses, 15 from the ladder. But they they've been kicking poorly, so they've been in a lot of games, but they've only just lost. So they could easily be six wins. Um, so it's not going to be an easy game for the Eagles, but it's one game there where, as an Eagles fan, you should decide we should be in this game and we should be having a chance to win it. Now, if we come away with an 100-point loss, then there's going to be big questions. There's be, going to be a lot of you questions know what I mean? asking that by, by week. Because sure. I'm telling you, the, to say we lose, I don't think the margin should be that great. No. 
and that's no disrespect to Crows because they've watched them play. But I'm, uh, I, I, yeah, look, I, that's when I wouldn't want to be Simo. Mm. You can understand when you got the top t- teams coming over. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing it all wrong, but I'd see it as a winnable game for the Eagles. Um, what do you reckon? Uh, the score has to be reasonable. And I was happy with the first half against Western Bulldogs. If they give up that kind of performance, I'm happy with that. Remember but I said to you, I didn't feel like a 100-point loss? Because when I was at the ground, I'm sitting the, there going... The second half did, though. The, the, the first the, half, was, I was yeah, happy. The second half was terrible. Like, in the second quarter, we kicked two goals, five. Two, six, so, yeah. Two, six, was it? So if we kick six, two, yeah. suddenly, like, you're not just good half, you're in that game. You've got yeah. scoreboard pressure. Yeah. Um, but there's two things, um, just for your intro, it was a great intro, was it, you know, but you know who is another team that's very inaccurate in front of goals? Us. No. Western Bulldogs. Mm. They are very inaccurate. And on they the were, weekend, they, they were. were brilliant in front That's of goals. They kicked everything. Yeah. So yeah, Adelaide Crows, you can't bank on them, and they have been very accurate. Yeah. I think they kicked six behinds in a row against Cats last yeah. week even. But the TABs, we are betting just for a win, $6.05. And this is – that's what I'm saying. So our supporters, this is where we get in trouble because they build them up and they say we should win this game. They did it again with GWS. If the TAB and the betting markets have you $6.05 just for the win, and that's where we've been reasonably about with teams around our area, it speaks volumes. They know we're not fit. They know we haven't got the players on the park, and they know we've got smashed by injuries. So – we look at that as an excuse now because we just hear it all the time. All the time you hear the same things. But I'm not going in this game thinking we can win. I I, I, I hope we win every week. Well, maybe not this year because I want the number one pick. But I'm hoping to be competitive every week. And I want to see them competitive every week. But on fans, you're like, oh, there's this many premiership players or we've got these players here that are stars. And Wayne touched on earlier. They're, all these stars are a year older. <laughs> You know what I mean? And they're not fit. And a lot of them aren't there. So, and as I said, you can't have such discrepancies between the betting agents and then think, we're a chance here. Because realistically, we're not. And that's where I think us as supporters get into trouble and where the angst come from. Because they think we're better than we actually are. And it hurts to say, but right now, we're not a good football team. That's the reality. Mm. So... Adelaide are an improving team. Adelaide are two, three years ahead of where the Eagles are at because they've been down the bottom since, what, 2016 when they play in the grand final? 2017. 2017. So in 18, they dropped. That's when they've been bottom of the ladder. So 18, 19, 20, 21. So that's four years with these bottom of the ladder with all these good draft picks. So they are ahead of us. So I'm assuming that we're going to lose again. And I'm not saying it to be bitter. That's just the reality I as think we're, we're in. But I want to be competitive. Yeah, if, we, if it was a 30-point... Loss, I'd be wrapped with that. Mm. Under fifty, I'm like that's improvement. Anything once you're getting over sixties and seventies to a team that's not in finals contention, that's where it hurts, and that's where I'm. That's like, going to be a killer, and it doesn't even yeah. have to be a hundred point it's loss. A seventy point 70 loss point is plus. bad for me. Like that's a coach killer, yeah. So you, you want to go on about the injuries there, Wayne? Uh, yeah, we got McGovern. He's got having a test with his back, but looking in tonight, it still looks very ginger. I can't um, see him playing, but no. Before you go on, it's just surprising that. The week before, Shuey was a back, and now McGovern's a back. Mm. At the ground, it looked like a knee. Mm. And oh, everyone's like, oh, my God, no. no. Look, when he come off, it looked like back because he was very – Yeah, well, very, I saw yeah. that later on in the video. Yeah, they were definitely checking the yeah. body, weren't yeah. they? It was straight yeah. to the no. body. Yeah, so um, – So Petricelli, he's got a hamstring with a test. Now, before you go again, <laughs> last week he was three weeks away. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to pick a few out of here because he was three weeks away last week. Now he's a test, so a miracle. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Luke Foley, he's, he's had concussion the last two weeks, so hopefully he's come through. Yeah, he'll he's play. He's a, a test. Uh, Bunga Hearn, he's a test with a calf. No, it was. I was just waiting for that. No, one. no, no. <laughs> uh, Luke Strenetica, one to two weeks with a calf. Uh, let me stop you there. Hearn yeah. is the one that is likely actually to come back in. Continue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Liam Ryan, one to two weeks with a hamstring. That sounds pretty right. Willie, one to two weeks with a hamstring. Willie, one to two. has been one to two for five weeks now. Mm. So who knows what he's done. Anyway, uh, continue. Zach Langdon, five weeks with an ankle. Nick Nats, four to six weeks with a knee. Probably should really give the rest of the year a miss. Uh, Xavier O'Neill, right, four stop. weeks with a knee. Seven weeks it was last week. Now it's four weeks. Who, Nick? No, Xavier O'Neill. Oh, Xavier. Yeah. Now... I don't, I don't, this is and I heard on the radio today with uh, Mark Duffield. He even said it. He goes one day. He goes he'd love to see every club, and he says it's every club be friggin' transparent because it's a lie. Yeah, you know, and people bet money. So if they're going to be bet money, people, you know, well, you just said something about the bets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Who's to say that Petrocelli doesn't come in straight away? I'm thinking, oh, well, it's a little bit better in the forward line. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to win the game, but get, be transparent. That's all I'm saying. So yeah. the rest were – Tommy yeah. Joyce has got seven weeks of the ankle. Then we got Chesser, Cole, Allen and Edwards. Luke Edwards all off on the inactive list. So who won't play? Those guys won't play this year. Nah, nah. Well, I've got Tom a ch- Cole was yeah. – no, wait, you just said they won't play. Now, we go back to we pass on the second pick. Mm. There was a rumour going around that Tom Cole could play. Mm. So out of the in, in, inactive ones, he'd be the only one that would come back. Yeah. Well, this is my tin fat, tin hat for uh, <laughs> tin foil, tin hat. foil hat moment, which we <laughs> haven't had any for a while. And I wanted to put this question to you because the rumour was that Cole might be coming back. Is there a chance that they're just thrown out to trick us where they want Chesser's improved and they want maybe Chesser being the young kid to actually get games under his belt. So they're thinking if he pays four games at the end of the year – that's worth its weight in gold, so he gets a taste of AFL season before a pre-season. Mm. So maybe he's coming off the inactive list, but they didn't want the pressure on the kid or all the rumours or anything, so they've just thrown maybe a Cole's name out. Could it's be. It's a, a possibility. Because I can't see the why you'd pay Cole. Well, I'll, I'll bookmark that bit because I reckon, you might, be, yeah, could be I reckon you might be on the money there. Yeah. Uh, quickly, Adelaide Crows there. Well, you've got to look at injury list. Um, Dawson, he's a test. Rochelle, he's a test. He's a good young player. He's a good player, Very so good. he might cut us up. Uh, Seedman's out for the year. Sloan's out for the year. And Taylor Walker's probably back this week. Hmm. Um, you look at the Crows, they've got uh, Darcy Fogarty, McAdam, McKendry. They're your forwards. They're doing all right. Uh, ben Keyes in the guts. He's playing, playing great. Playing great footy. One of my favourite players in the whole AFL yeah. is Led, And, you know, he plays he's, – he's every week playing really good. Miller uh, – Crouch, uh, Riley O'Brien, uh, Phil Philpop, uh, the young forward, and Barry. So they have a young side, as Dan said. They're probably in front of us. So, hey, look, uh, uh, as we said, let's hope they're competitive. Yeah, mm. just one last thing. That hurts. So you've got the injury list, Dawson and Eardrum is a test. Rochelle a test. And then... Uh, Sloan and Seedsman are out for the year kind of thing. And then Taylor Walker, COVID, so he'll be back this week or next. They've only got two players basically on their injury list. Mm. The others are tests and they're not serious yep. injuries. That sums up our bloody year right there, ladies yep. and gentlemen listening yeah. at home. Yeah. 
Like, well, as, that it, is amazing to yeah. me. I didn't realize it was that that slim. Their list, and you, and I was listening on the way up here. They went a few few teams on one of the radio stations. It's like they they were comparing Fremantle and West Coast. Fremantle got two people on the list, you know. And after this week, they'll have one person on the injury list. So teams that have less injuries play better. We know that. Um, that's it's been proven. It's proven that's history. Flags. So that's why Richmond yeah, have been so yeah. successful. That's why Melbourne was successful last year. So. Anyway, so it's going to be an interesting game. Hopefully, it's a, like you said, competitive game. Hope it's a closer game. And hopefully some of these guys get some runs in the legs. I'm hoping that we debut another kid. You know, we're into the second half. So chuck in a true. Um, you know, see what he can do. Because I think he's the only one who hasn't played that's on the list. Yeah. So chuck him in. Chuck him in before Yo and that come back. You know, because Yo and Sheed, they're going to be in the waffle for this week and next week because we've got a buy. The waffle doesn't have a buy, so they're at least two, three weeks away. So chuck him in, see how he goes. Mm. Um, you've got nothing to lose, uh, personally. Um, but will that happen? Who knows? Chuck Jack Williams in there too. You know, chuck a couple of the young guys in there. Give uh, Kennedy a rest. Yeah. You know, chuck a few things around. Be unpredictable. I'd love to see it. That's what I'd love to see this week. I can't see it happening, but that's the way I am. And before we finish tonight, guys, Jay Cully, the new cult hero at the Eagles, I reckon, <laughs> after we just watched – if you haven't watched it, go on to the NAB uh, – was it the yeah, AFL, AFL Live, Live. app? Mm. There'll probably be a repeat of this at the interview and just listen to his interview because I think he just gave Chuck Old Chicken yeah. – a great rap. I think it will be sponsored by him from now on. Yeah. If you ever want to see the boss, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be the new man of the club. There's no question. He's got a bit of a character about it, and that's what you need in football clubs. All right, boys, winner and margin. Put your put it on the line. What's what's going to happen? Crows by forty two. Forty two. Yeah. It's not competitive. It hurts, but <laughs> Crows by twenty one. All right, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and Eagles are going to win by six points. You're setting up yourself for pain. No, nah, I'm just. Fingers cro- I hope you're right. Like, uh, uh, something's telling me that he was going to win this by six points because they won't put any of the players that I just said in the game. If they don't, then I don't know. I'm just saying that for the hell of it. Um, if they get within 30 points, I'll be happy um, to a point. But just be competitive. Put s- some pride in the jumper, boys. Put put some heart into it. Put some hunger into it, and. Prove all the media wrong for that's all I, I'd be doing. And if I was a player, I'd be going, let's prove it to ourselves that we can do this. Yep. All right. Um, next week or the week after, we might have a podcast. We'll do a mid season review, which probably we won't. We'll probably talk about the Waffle more because we've already done a mid season review. It's, it's shocking. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we do don't. it almost weekly The review is it Still <laughs> bad word. Still bad Bring on the number one pick Yeah So until next week guys uh, Get on to Facebook Instagram And Twitter Tell your mates uh, If they haven't heard the show To have a listen uh, uh, Get on the SoundCloud Apple Podcast Google Podcast Spotify Get us on the charts Do something Listen Share it And until next week Go Eagles Yep go See Eagles. you then Bye Yeah.